Hey guys, I'm Adam Rappaport, and this is the Bon Appetit Foodcast. All right, this week uh, we are airing the audio from a live podcast event we did a few weeks back at the Bell House in Brooklyn. Uh, I sat down with BA contributor Allison Roman, uh, author of Dining In. Uh, over the last several months, Allison's book became kind of this like this cookbook sensation. Well, A, because it's a really good book, and also because she used social media in a way to promote the book that I've never seen another cookbook author do. And it was really deft and smart and tactful. Um, and so while I had interviewed Allison before on the podcast, about nine months ago or so, it was before the book came out. So it was a great to actually sit down with her a few weeks ago, find out what it's been like in these ensuing months and how the book has taken off and how a certain recipe from the book has literally gone viral. Also, if you're interested, you can catch the other two interviews um, from the event on the Taste Podcast. Uh, Taste Editor-in-Chief Matt Robard talked to Angie Marr of the Beatrice Inn and Taste Senior Editor Anna Hazel chatted with the New York Times' Julia Moskin. They recently launched the Taste Podcast and this episode will go live in a few weeks. Uh, you can check out other episodes featuring people like Samin Nozrod, Deb Perlman, and Mark Bittman. You can find it on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get yours. Finally, we recently learned about the Associated Press investigation alleging dishonest business practices at sea to table. Um, we did not know of these practices at the time we recorded and aired our interview with sea to table's Sean Dimon a few weeks back. He has since updated his own website with a statement saying many of the allegations are false. Uh, regardless, we just wanted to acknowledge this and say that we hope that this turn of events at least allows for better sustainable seafood practices moving forward. All right, and with that, let's do this thing. Here I am with Allison Roman. Did you bring the cookies, Allison? No. Did you I think about bringing the them. cookies? I did not even think about How many it, to people? Be there's like two, you could have how it's like 200 people. Oh, what? I had nothing else going on. That would have been absolutely fine. Like you're busy. You got things. This I thought this was like the highlight of your week. I've thought Come. about I've thought about like okay, Tate's. Where like where did they start and like how do I get there? But I don't have the I'm not that smart, I guess. Who has <laughs> made the cookies here? That's yeah, insane. Yeah. All right, so... I think the lights are blinding me. I don't actually yeah. know how many people rose there. They hand. said there's a clock. I can't <laughs> see it. Oh, there it is. I see the clock. It's like a tiny little clock over oh, there. Okay. Um, thank you for coming out, Allison. Thanks for having me. All right, yeah. Um, <laughs> okay, so we did a podcast... Um, if you ever listen to the Bon Appetit Foodcast, check it out, please. Um, please like and subscribe and uh, tell Yeah, subscribe. <laughs> rate us. Five stars, please. That really helps. Uh, no, it does, really. Seriously. Um, so we did about, when did the book came out when? In October of last year. Yeah, and we did a podcast like the week before it came out. Yeah, late October. And what's fascinating when we're talking about guests for this podcast, and I was like, oh, well, Allison Roman. Like, well, I've interviewed Allison, but it was like, that was before Dining In. If you don't have it, here it is, guys. If you don't have it, you will tonight because yes. you're all getting one. Yeah. Whether you like it or not. What? <laughs> what? And you get a book, and you get a book. That's an Oprah joke. Sorry. Okay. I didn't I prepare that. <laughs> you should have. I know. God, you're so good. <laughs> um, oh, so anyway, what, what, what I think is fascinating, what I want to talk about, a lot of it was that at the time, you were releasing a cookbook, and a lot of people release cookbooks, and some of them do well, some of them do really well, some of them do, eh. Um, <laughs> but I think what's fascinating, what you've managed to um, achieve through very hard work, I'm going to assume, over the last eight or months or it? so, <laughs> or is, apparently you can just throw out yeah. lines like, you get a book, you get a book, just like that. It's effortless oh, with this here. gal. 
Um, just taking a, a, a medium like cookbooks, which in a lot of ways has been perceived, if you're in the publishing industry, as kind of been around forever and how do we keep them modern and relevant yeah. and this and that. And you sort of did this weird, like, evil Knievel leap into the world of digital, social media, relevancy, like, buzz, resonance, like, every fucking single day. Like, <laughs> dining in is a thing and it's alive. Um, and the cookies, uh, for anyone who hasn't had the cookies or made the cookies, can we give a short bio on the cookies? Yeah, so I want to manage your expectations. They are a cookie. They, they're not, they're, there's nothing exquisite about them other than the fact that they're very delicious. It's like, oh, that's a really good cookie. And it's a shortbread, classic shortbread, butter, sugar. There's some brown sugar in there, vanilla, flour, and then some chocolate chunks, and then salt on top, a little sugar on the edges. It's a nice cookie. Yeah. It's funny, we did this, we're going to get to the cookies and social media, but we did that, we did a party with Allison when her cookbook came out, because Allison worked at BA for how many years? Four years. Four years, shut up, wow. Yeah. You made a joke about how it was like college for me, and I was like, <laughs> okay, dad. Did you graduate? <laughs> <laughs> but no, but I graduated, but I'm, now I'm in graduate school because I'm up here with you, I don't know, is that, I don't know how this works. <laughs> Um, Allison, where did you graduate college? Oh, I didn't graduate college, so I guess I, I guess Bon Appetit is where I graduated college. <laughs> Sorry, I don't I don't mean to mess your Sorry. mic up. Is that your mic? I don't know. You don't care. You're like whatever. It's not my mic. Uh, so, anyways, I was making some sort of point. Okay. So, anyways, Evil Knievel. Um, oh, we had a party, and I I didn't know what the cookies were at that point because I hadn't even seen the cookbook. I was like, oh, there's some cookies. And I was like, ooh, these are, wow. And like, I, there was a sort of a visceral Pavlovian response to the cookies. And I'm like, these are fucking delicious. Yeah. I didn't know what they were called at the time. And then like weeks and months later, I got to know them better. Um, so <laughs> it kind of started with the cookies. And, bef and so I guess the question is, when you made them, I like to think of them as your hit single. Did you yeah. know they were going to be your hit single? Because usually when a record comes out, and if you're a musician, you're like, oh, that's the single. And they um, know it. No, but I, it's funny because I do remember a conversation I had with you before the book came out, like maybe a month or two before, and you were like, Roman, we were at some, it was like a BA party, and you're like, what's going to be the thing in your book that everyone makes? What's going to be the thing? And I was like, you know, I, I don't know. actually talk like that. You, I mean, <laughs> okay. But, and, <laughs> and, and I was like, you know, I think it's gonna be the anchovy butter chicken. And you're like, Roman, it's absolutely not gonna be the anchovy butter chicken. And you know what, you were right, it, it wasn't. Um, but some people do like it and make it. Uh, but it wasn't gonna be that. But no, I had no idea because to me, I, like nothing, you can't foresee something like that happening. And also, I was like, really, the, those cooking? Yeah, no, they're good, but okay. And I think that, I don't know, there was just something about them that, that took off that I did not plan for. I didn't like, there was no masterminding behind. So back in the old days, like when your dad was growing up, um, you know, if something became popular, it, it took months, years sometimes for some, a cookbook to sort of gain steam and certain recipes like in Silver Palette to become favorite recipes. Mm -hmm. For any of you youngsters out there, the Silver Palette, anyway, I'm gonna get into okay. that, yes. It's also in your gift Chicken bag. Marbella, that's all I gotta say. Um, no, seriously, chicken marbella. Google it. It's the best recipe. At what point did you begin to realize that, okay, the, the cookies were a thing, and how did you realize it? Uh, I mean, honestly, Instagram was a really great tool 
for seeing not just the cookies, but like what people are cooking in general from the book. And it's been great. Like I can probably now. But how, wait, so how did you, like, you knew how? Oh, because people would tag me in a photo and put, post it on their stories or, or tag me and I would see it. And Was it mostly in stories or what our friend Julia Kramer here calls flat Instagram? Like the old fashioned. Static. It was mostly yeah. static. Yeah. Uh, no, I think it was both. But the stories thing was sort of like I, when it, stories first came out on Instagram, I was like, this is stupid. Why does everyone need to see what anyone is doing every second of the day? And then I found out that um, I do need to know. And so I. If you've ever followed Allison on Instagram, you will learn what she's yeah. doing every day. Who enjoyed Allison's trip to Sicily this past week? Thank you. Yeah, it was great. Thank you. Um, Who would you go to Sicily with? A friend of mine. What? Oh my God, <laughs> Jesus. Wow, you were kidding. You really did ask that. Oh, I know, that was a really good one. Full of people. Um, thank you, Adam. <laughs> anyway, the that's cookies, what dads do. Dads embarrass their kids. I know. And success. Great success. Thank you. Um, anyway, the cookies. Uh, <clears throat> Um, but yeah, it was it was very clear. It's, I sort of started screenshotting things, and I realized of all of the things I was screenshotting, there was a disproportionate number of cookies to anything else in the book. And so, it was like, oh, this it was because of Christmas, and I just figured it was because it's literally the only cookie recipe in the whole book. So I thought people were just making cookies because that's what you do at Christmas time, and then it kind of just took off from there. And there were more people making them in January, and then in February. And actually, the first person to I forget who it was. They're going to be mad if I don't remember. But they emailed me, and they were like, hey, we've been noticing from BA. And they were like, hey, we've been noticing a lot of people. It may have been Rachel um, Carden. Rachel Carden. Yeah. Um, oh, hi. hi. Was it you? Yeah. Was it you? It was you, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Okay. She's like, I've been noticing a lot of people making these. We want to do a thing on them. And then so I was like, okay. And I was actually um, like away for the holiday because it was like right after Christmas. Um, but trying to gather screenshots and send to you from like deep in Mexico, <laughs> um, which makes it sound like all I do is go to Mexico and Italy. It's not. It was just those two times. And Sometimes you go to LA. Yeah, I'm from there. I'm from there. It's to see my parents. My God. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but anyway, so it was just sort of like oh, and then from there, I think the exposure on Bon Appetit, like other people started writing about them, and it just kind of kept going. And I kept waiting for it to burn out. And I was like, well, people are going to get annoyed or sick of this, or you know, the bubble's going to burst. And it just didn't. It kept going. And I just kept every day being like, well, today's the day the cookies die. And they never did. <laughs> uh. So when, because it's interesting, brand, old-fashioned brands like ours, I think, and a lot of people will reference you in the sense of like, well, we should do like Alison Roman, where she will tag other people who cooked her recipes, screenshot them, respond to those things with a little message and patch it together in a story. And I noticed Bon Appetit started doing that. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. That's what I literally, that, this, this is a literal verbatim conversation. Oh, okay, okay. Um, so at what point did it, did it occur to you in the sense like, oh, this is what you do on your Instagram stories, or were you like, oh, this is like my strategy? I, I hate to break it to you or anyone in this room. I have zero strategy in life. Uh, every day is a is a it's gift. It's so easy a, for Allison Roman. And a guess. No, it's not. But it is a it is a guess, and it is a let's do this until I don't want to do it anymore, or until it, it doesn't work, or whatever. And I do plenty of things that don't work, and the things that do work, I'm grateful for. And that was a thing that worked. Um, but it was sort of like, how do you uh, reciprocate and appreciate the people that are cooking from your book? Because when I set out to write a cookbook, you know, and everyone's like, what's it about? What's it about? And I was like, you know, it's not really about anything. It's about like what to make for dinner, which is a boring thing to say. But it was true. And I, I thought like the best feeling and the only thing I hope that comes from this book is that people use it. I didn't want it just to be like a statusy like thing that you collect and it sits on your shelf and looks nice but isn't practical or usable. Um, 
or is something that you use but maybe you're like embarrassed to display and I wanted it to be like a thing that you were stoked to look at and also we're gonna really, really use. And so to let people know that I saw that and I was like, that's awesome. And the only reason the book is successful is because people are buying it and cooking from it. And I think for other people yeah, but, to but see But one that, reason they're buying it and cooking from it is because of your social media game. Well, yeah, because they see, know. oh, this person made it and it looks kind of like in the book or like that looks delicious too. And I think when you see images in cookbooks or in magazines or on websites and they're styled or cooked by somebody else and you know you think, can I do that? Is that, I don't know, it looks really nice, but I don't know if I'm gonna actually be able to do that or you make it, it doesn't look like that. Um, to see other people's versions of a dish is really powerful because they all look different and that's okay. And I think for the person who wrote the recipe to be like, cool, they used broccoli instead of cauliflower, awesome idea. Or they used this instead of that or they didn't have this and they, they left it out and it still looks amazing. Or their oven broke halfway through roasting this chicken and they finished it on the stove and that's cool. And you know, just kind of being like, oh, that, okay, that feels attainable and that feels like something that has happened to me or I, I could replicate my own kitchen. Okay, so I have some thoughts about this next question mm. um, and quotes to back them up, but who in your mind were you writing the book for? Who do you think would buy this book? Gosh, I mean, kind of, this is a, I've never, oh, that's a good question. That's a really good question. But I, it's, it's interesting because that's kind of a magazine question, right? I think in magazines you often ask yourself, who is our reader? And you yeah, talk to the audience? reader yes. and you think of them as a singular person. Like our reader is X, Y, and Z. And, and like I've heard brands do this. Like I've, I've heard anthropology has a she. And they go, our girl doesn't wear purple in the fall. And you're like, who's our girl? Like who is this weird person? Um, I think my editor Doris said that actually if she's in the audience. Um, because, you know, our girl, it's like our girl. But I, I don't know, I think that um, the person who, want, who I was writing it for was someone like me or my friends. Um, now that I'm in my early 30s, definitely not mid-30s yet, thank you for asking. Um, but a lot of my friends are, are having kids, a lot of my friends are still going out till 4 a.m., a lot of my friends uh, are traveling, a lot of my friends have, have bought homes or are still living in the same apartment they've been in for eight years. And I think that this interesting time in our lives, it's like you have to kind of, I wanted all of them to be able to use this book, like if you have a family or if you are just cooking for yourself and kind of everything in between. And I, I, I don't know, it's a, it's a genderless person, it's an ageless person, uh, they eat food, <laughs> they have a kitchen, probably. Um, cause, yeah, because it's interesting because I've heard sort of uh, varying thoughts on this. And On what? On who the book's for, oh. and, and, and I've heard from me or from no, other just from people. people. Books. From oh, people. okay. I was like, what? Okay. And like some like I don't know, you know, snotty food people. Like I've heard a few people like oh, I don't get it. It's like that are like I can cook that. Like why do I need Alice and Roman to tell me how to cook a pork chop? Like oh shit, whatever. Who are they? I'll kill them. Like, <laughs> see, show yourself. Are you here? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Don't show. And yourself. I, I, I was like, huh. Um, but then, and it's like, I'm kind of like, yeah. That's a crushing blow, Adam, by the no, way. it's so not like, Tell me that I'm anyone not, doesn't love my book. I'm, not, like, I'm, I'm not, not ready for that. I'm not endorsing this I comment. I live in a bubble. I'm not, not endorsing this comment. And Because right, I thought that was kind of short-sighted. And I'm like, okay, well, yeah, but you, but the tagline of the book is highly cookable yeah. recipes. And I, yes, and I hear you. And I spent many sleepless nights and have still now anxiety about are these recipes too boring? Are they too complicated? With every single recipe I ever write. But you know what? The rest of the most popular recipes in the book I would call the most simple. Yeah. And 
it's amazing. They always are. Yeah, and yeah. it's it's like what's new to a person, and right. like. Well, I'm just gonna embarrass you a little bit because oh. also at some point More. through work, your friend Bobby Flay texted me. Oh yeah. And he said. Who do you think I was in Sicily with? Yeah. <laughs> that was good. It wasn't Bobby. It wasn't. It wasn't. <laughs> He's way too fair-skinned to go to his. He would just burn in a minute. He would like spontaneously combust. The two of us, could you imagine? (laughs) No, but he said, he said, I'm literally upset. He said, do you know Alison Roman? I said, yes. He goes, I'm literally obsessed with her book. I've read every word, and I've cooked a couple of things inspired by my read. She has something. It's an intangible that could separate her from the pack of good cooks. Wow. And it's interesting, and I and I do think that there's something. You see the recipes, you're like, oh, like I. The most important thing, and we have a lot of BAA people here tonight, and they always hear me say this, like, if you don't, if the reader doesn't feel that he or she can cook that, they're not going to. And so if it looks too complicated, they're going to say, oh, it's a nice picture, but I'm never going to cook that. Right. And so then why put the, I'm not, I'm just not going to curse right now, but why put the thing in the magazine? I will curse in a second. Anyways. It's like, if if, if someone's not going to cook it, and if it's not, I understand if it's like a story about with some chef in Scandinavia and yada, yada, whatever, but. um, I love that story. Yes. (laughs) Is it there was, a man involved? Is, it, it, was called, that? it was called yeah. Favakin. Oh, yeah. Yes. I've heard of it. Um, <laughs> they like that one. I know. We got, <laughs> we got the Swedes over here. Yeah. Yes. would like to go there one day. But no, yeah. And, and then, so another quote, which you did see. Uh, so our friend Clara <laughs> Saffitz, uh, one of our Test Kitchen editors, she goes, I mean, I love Allison's recipe. They're just so lazy, but like in a good way. Like, it's true. what I would take 10 steps to do, Allison does in three. And clarify, well, she's a brilliant test kitchen editor, but she's very fastidious and meticulous mm-hmm. and thought out and, like, literally went to Harvard. Harvard, Yale, one of those two. Yeah, Harvard. Thank you. Literally, yeah, literally Harvard. Um, so how do you respond? And you even said in your intro, you said, I don't really think my recipe is as, re- as lazy, but more as lo-fi. Well, I was told to be less self-deprecating, so I actually changed that sentence because originally I was like, I'm lazy. Um, but... <laughs> No, I, I think that having worked in restaurants and knowing how many steps it can take to do something and then looking at me like, why don't you just do it in half the time? Because it's the same thing. And they're like, because you have to do it this way. And you're like, but why? And, and sometimes in, in those exercises in the test kitchen, especially, it was really helpful because we could get recipes from chefs and it would be like an eight day process and you'd go through it as written. And then, you know, I'd be like, okay, let's see if we can cut, you know, four steps from this and streamline it a little bit. And sometimes you couldn't. Sometimes you're like, well, this is just a really pain in the ass long recipe and it's worth it. Or it's a pain in the ass long recipe and it's not worth it. Or I've taken this pain in the ass long recipe and, and made it doable for a person in four hours, you know? And I think that having to like examine that because as myself in my own kitchen, I'm not, I'm, I'm not cutting corners, but I'm trying to be efficient and I'm trying to get the most out of something in the least amount of steps, the least amount of time, with the least amount of like hassle, basically. The least amount of trips to the store, although I probably do that more than anything because I forget stuff all the time. I'm constantly running back out to the store. Um, I hate that when you forget the one ingredient. I've You're like, I was just there, the and I have to go back to Grassini's now, and I'm like, forget. oh. Yeah, um, I'd say that's where I really struggle. Um, but yeah, I, I think that just to be thoughtful of saying, does this extra step or ingredient make a recipe actually better? Or am I doing it because it's a cool or trendy ingredient? Am I doing it because it makes me seem like a more impressive cook? Because um, the answer is probably no to both of those things. And you can make it a lot easier on yourself and the person actually cooking it and get like a really awesome, delicious tasting thing. 
So people always want to know if you're a food writer or you're a cookbook author and you're youngish or whatever, they always want to know, like, Thank well, you. <laughs> yeah, I said ish, ish. <laughs> Um, they always wonder, like, oh, well, what makes you qualified to do this? Mm -hmm. and, 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 and so you worked at both the restaurants early on, then a test kitchen, and I'm curious, like, what you got from each experience that informed how you created a cookbook. Yeah, I think it was a bit of kind of just what I touched on of working in a restaurant, you kind of see the long way for a lot of things, but you also learn a lot of tips on how to be efficient for things because you don't have time, you don't have space in the same way a home kitchen doesn't, you know, oftentimes. The kitchens I worked in happened to be pretty small, so we were, you know, doing things in that way. It wasn't like 18 walk-ins and, you know, doing everything in hotel pans and stuff because it was, they were smaller. Um, but I think that I, I worked in restaurants for six or seven years and then test kitchen for four. And that transition for me was really great because I wanted to kind of stop just cooking for other people and I wanted to help other people cook and felt like the impact I could have on helping somebody else cook um, for themselves rather than just feeding them for that night and then not knowing how, they, how I did it um, is a little like not as rewarding. But to read a recipe and say like, oh, that's how you do this or that's really interesting, I've never seen you know, caramelizing that before you add it to this, or, you know, kind of seeing the, the back end of a recipe is really interesting to me. All right, name three cookbooks that you sort of admired as you were writing yours. Mm, three, that's hard. Um, I tend to favor really old cookbooks. Um, I use those a lot as visual inspiration. And honestly, I, I mostly read cookbooks for voice and for visuals, be, only because I feel it, and like style and design, because I feel like I've been around food for so long that I have not ever cooked out of a cookbook, which I feel like there's a lot of people in here that have, you know, like identify with that. Have you cooked out of a cookbook? Um, no, he I'm not a big he recipe guy. Uh, no, I, he doesn't <laughs> do recipes. Um, but uh, I mean, I cook I out of in, dining in all the time. <laughs> thank, though. You, yeah, thank you. Yeah, those are all my stickers. Yeah, I got the that's, that's right. Um, but I also, so I would say that I, I tend to favor British authors. Also, I really love pretentious. British no, <laughs> actually, the opposite. I think that they're not pretentious. I think that they're no, they're not pretentious. You are. Oh, so, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yes. Okay. Thank you. I'll take it. Thanks. Um, this is great up here. I feel so. I feel so good. Um, no, but it's but no. All right, I'm no, youngish, pretentiousish. <laughs> But I, I, so I love Diana Henry. Um, I think she's just, she's like a, a cool, sassy Ina Garden. If you don't know her, you should check her out. Um, and she just keeps writing books. It's like, another one. You're like, another one, Diana, you animal. She's a maniac. Um, Brooks Headley, who actually just came out with a, his second book, Superior Order Burger, which yes. I haven't read, so I can't attest to it. I'm sure it's great, but his first one, Fancy Desserts, is hysterical and amazing and definitely inspired me to kind of um, be like, oh, I can write exactly how I talk. I can write and be myself a thousand percent because he was, and it felt really empowering. And I think, especially after working at a magazine where there's a really distinct voice and you kind of want to stay in that lane for a while, it was really hard to shake that off. And I had to do a lot of writing that I lit on fire before I submitted my manuscript because to feel like you can actually be yourself. Um, but his book really did that for him and it was cool. To read. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, I'm going to say something nice now. I think you're a really <laughs> good writer. Um, and it's interesting when you read the book, and I think that's probably one thing that you form this connection with the reader in the book. In the introduction, it is personal. You talk about that, that 
cooking from a book is an intimate experience and you are spending time with the person. Um, and Brooks is a brilliant writer. I also think like Tyler Cord and his number seven subs yeah, book is very like funny. two very, very, very funny, funny voicey writers. You definitely found your voice. And was that was that a, a process back and forth with your editor? Was it just you sort of working on it on your own to figure out how, how do I write a two-page introduction that really sort of sets the tone for the entire book? Um, that was really challenging because it's like your it's your announcement to anyone picking up a book. And to your point, there's a million cookbooks. Um, but for the whole book, I'd say consistently, I have a great editor, um, Doris Cooper. Hi, she's here. I didn't mention that. Um, I'm nice, not just saying nice this because she's here. Um, but she it was really great to work with her because she sought me out, I think, for my voice. And it you can have a sip of your oh, cocktail if you want. Hi, Sorry, oh. cocktail break. Thank you. Um, so Thursday. Um, but she she really let me be myself for sure, and and I think she did a really good job of of sort of sanding my edges, which I am prone to have, and pulled me back where I needed to be pulled back, and then kind of pushed me a little bit where I needed to be pushed, and um, it was like a very pleasant experience, and I was constantly surprised at how much she let me get away with and be myself in. I was like, well, surely no one's going to let me publish that, and and she's like, oh, I think it's great. I think it's you, and I think it's great. Like she got it. And it was a really positive experience um, in that regard, for sure. But the intro was very hard, and it was the yeah. last thing I wrote, and I didn't sleep for a long time <laughs> when I was writing it. But it's interesting, because I, I do think that personal sort of candid sort of openness translates naturally to yours and I think anyone's sort of Instagram persona who's sort of honest in, in Instagram in a way that appeals to people. They, and like yeah. the users, I'm sure they, they say they feel like they know you. Yeah. And, you know. Well, it's like I think with also with Instagram, everyone everyone has one. Um, but like cookbooks, it oftentimes feels like everyone has one, and the they're all full of recipes, and they all have certain ingredients that everybody's using. And especially as trends evolve, you want to stay relevant. And Labna. Labna everywhere. There's a moratorium on Labna in my next book, actually. Um, it only appears once, and you have to look really hard for it. Um, but I think that the only thing that you what have. What if that's is, the cookies of the next book, though? It's just a bowl of labna. That's it. That's that's the surprise. With the really you nice heard it here swoosh. first. Um, but all you have is your personality. All you have is who you are and your own personal experiences. And I feel like, net like, real life and real food is very interesting. And the harder people try to cultivate a personality and like a persona and this and that, I think the more it reads like everything else. Um, and I think that being vulnerable and being real and honest is actually very powerful. And that includes, you know, messy stuff and things that people, I, I don't know. That well, yeah, don't, I mean, listen, if, if you're on to. social media, and I imagine everyone is these days, um, <laughs> right. you've had some unpleasant experiences. Like, have yeah. things not gone well post-book release? Or like, oh, man, I wish I hadn't done that. Or I wish, you know. Like a thing that I did or said. Or, I don't know. Or, or someone, or people have said to you, or like, what has been the downside of having a very social media-forward book? Um, there hasn't really been a downside. I, I think it's been almost, I'd say, 95% positive. I think that there's a 5% of weirdos out there that are like, 5%, cool vacation, 5 like, I good. hope you get burned. And you're like, what? Oh, my God, I don't even know you. That's insane. Um, and <laughs> someone said, I hope you get fat um, on your thing, which was like a really inappropriate thing to say. And also I was like, I hope so, too, because this is awesome. And... It, it was very weird. And it was like with no humor and no, like it was, they meant, they meant it. They really hated seeing me on vacation. But 
for the most part, it's been great because people have questions about recipes and I'm able to help them and they have comments or they're like, oh, like this one woman uh, was making the cookies to induce labor and it worked. And she was like basically live DMing me the entire way. And I felt like, I was like, oh my God, I have to fly down to Georgia. I have to meet you in this baby. I feel like I know you now. It was very name, intimate. Did, did she name the kid Allison? She didn't. I was really gunning for that. Well, she um, could, how about Roman? No. Roman would have been a good name. That's a strong name. Yeah. Strong yeah. name. Yeah, but uh, you know, it's been it's been great. I think for the most part, I think social media is a weird. The internet's a weird place, and there's always people that are gonna have, like, a thing to say. But I'd say for the most part, everyone has been so awesome and kind and supportive, and it's been great. All right. So, I think for all right, we're gonna go back to the analogy of being a like a pop star or something with your hit <laughs> single. The toughest thing about having a hit single is following it up with another hit mm -hmm. single. Yeah. Um, I don't worry about that at all. You're, yeah. <laughs> it's totally cool. I haven't slept in nine days. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so you're writing another cookbook. I am. Have you started? Like, where, can you talk to us about what, what that process is like after you've sort of like said everything you had to say in your first book? Yeah, so it's really hard. Do? It's a lot like writing um, a Thanksgiving article every fucking year. This is the only way to make a turkey. You have mashed potatoes. This is the only way to make a turkey. Have you had this turkey, though? Because it's the only turkey. And you're like, how many turkeys is the only turkey? I don't know. Oh, you've got um, spatchcock. Yeah. You've got whole roasted. You have like, like bone Forrest and roll. Gump up here. It's like, Tur turketa. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's Turquetta. hit. Yeah, that was what a hit. What do I hit? Um, yeah, no, it's, it's uh, wildly challenging. Um, oh, turketa, really. You wrap it in bacon and stuff and like boneless. And, but do yeah. you get it? Because it's like porketa, but a turkey. It's... Not as I did that. All right, sorry. Can I digress? So last Thanksgiving, Adam has something to say. That's what I made. We we did a. I got the boneless breast, wrapped it with prosciutto and stuff from uh, Florence Meat Market, and then confit the dark meat like in duck fat or something. Save it for November, Adam. I, no, I already wrote about this last November. <laughs> wow. Come on. It's like the middle of that. summer and you're like confiting turkey legs. Like, what is that? No, I did. No, I did this last Thanksgiving, but the confit dark meat is so good. It is. It is great. There's a chicken no, confit and dining in. If you haven't yes. picked it up, feel free. No. It is very challenging to feel like you have said everything you're going to say and that all your good ideas are done. And when I say things like, I think this is the best way to make salmon, I mean it. And it's very challenging to then like backpedal and be like, also, this is good. Because you're like, well, if that's the best, like, why would I make this? And, um, you know, kind of coming around to things like, rice, where I'm like, oh, maybe rice is good in a way, but I've already told you that I hate it and I'll never write about it. So, you know, people evolve, you know, people change. It's about growth and change. But I think that, I forget who told me this, but they said, why don't, instead of you worrying about like perfecting the second one and being like, this has to be the best second, you know, to the first one, it's like, why don't you just think of it as like another book in many books that you will write? And I mm. was like, oh, great idea. I, as long as I still get to do that. Because that would be a dream, and I feel like that's a lot less pressure. Um, because then you're freeing up your creative energy to just be like, oh, right, I, I'm doing what I always do, or what I try to always do, which is make really accessible, fun recipes that people like to cook, and like it doesn't have to one-up anything, or like be better, or, like crush it, or like do anything like super aggressive. Like I can just like write a really another good book, right? Maybe, I don't know. Um, but the thing with like the cookies that is, I have literally like on my table of contents right now, it says like in all capital letters, TK thing that is somehow better than the cookie. Um, TK is like an editorial term to come. 
so I don't know what it is. If anyone has any ideas, let me know. I'll be after around the show, just like whisper in my ear if you have any ideas. But um, I don't think it's about that. I think it's just like, okay, I'm gonna do a different thing and it's gonna be different than this and it's gonna have a different feel. But what is that process like? Because uh, when you work at a, a brand, a magazine, we call them a magazine, still like Bon App, um, <laughs> For better or worse, there are a lot of people there to bounce ideas off of yeah. and collaborate and talk to and shoot the shit with. Yeah. When you're a writer, you're often at home alone or at some coffee shop or at the wing or something by <laughs> it's yourself. the wing. I would yes. go to the wing. You know, and you're like just sitting there with your headphones on. Yeah. Oh, how, it's, how do it's you, how do you do that? the worst. It's literally hell. It's like lonely and hard. And that was the most difficult thing of writing this book um, because I had more recently left BA and there you have like 45 people weighing in on what's good, what's bad, if you whether could you do want, this. Whether you want the whether way you it want or not. It or not. Yeah. Um, and so the idea of having it, you know, the freedom to do that on yourself sounds like a really great idea until you're faced with that reality and you're like whispering into the void like, is this a good idea? And like no one responds and it's, you know, weird. Because they're like, why is she talking to herself? But um, it's, I... Who's that woman who comes in here every yeah, day and sits over there? Yeah, she just whispers to herself. Uh, she looks sad. Uh, no, it's great. I'm very happy. Um, but <laughs> I'm not lonely at all. But it's, it's definitely a different experience, and you have to learn to trust yourself and, and kind of just be like, I like this, and this feels like me. Do you, have, do you have confidants? Oh, yeah, I have a ton. Some of them are in this audience right now. <laughs> And how do you reach out to them? Do you like bounce ideas off? We or, text or constantly. <laughs> it's a lot of like, is this good? Is this bad? Is this a bad idea? And I know them well enough at this point to know um, when they think something's a bad idea. There's like generally like a silence or a pause or like a, like, wow, they usually like, you hate it. You, like, you hate it. It's like they usually text me back immediately. Yeah, yeah. And it's just like, but dot, I, you dot, know, dot. I, I have to cook for people often and, and frequently and for a lot of people now because I'm, developing the second book and sometimes like you kind of know when a dish is like and you're like oh come on and they're like that's why it's good and you're like you hate it it's bad um and then the thing that people really love and so there's good feedback i have a lot of good eaters in my life all right i'm not supposed to do this but does anyone have any questions in the audience does anyone want to wow, yell out any all questions the rules. but they said that i needed a microphone anyone who wants to be the brave person who's had like three drinks who wants to ask <laughs> me i do <laughs> yeah anyone you can ask, yes, yes, yes. Oh, why did you decide to write a cookbook? That's a deep question. It's, it is a deep question. Um, I always thought that I would write a cookbook. Um, I was actually approached by my editor, and she emailed me and was like, my name's Doris Cooper. I am the vice president of publishing at Clarkson Potter, and I realized that all my favorite recipes were your recipes, will you have pizza with me? And I was like, pizza, yay! <laughs> and that's all I heard, and I was just like, I don't know who this lady is, but there's pizza. Where did you go? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. We went to Marta. Okay. Um, yeah, and, and we just talked, and she's like, have you ever thought about writing a cookbook? And I was like, yeah, of course. Like, of course everyone thinks of writing a cookbook, but um, the cookbook writing process takes two years, and so to get started on that, you kind of have to be ready before you think you're ready. Um, because it's like, well, do I want to write a cookbook today? No, I'm not ready for that, but will I be ready in two years? Yeah, so you have to write it today. And so it was sort of like the process of, uh, okay, this person and this publishing house wants to make a cookbook with me, but I don't have any ideas. Like, I don't have a hook. I don't have a thing that I'm known for. I don't have, like, one angle. And I wanted to kind of keep it that way. And I was really nervous that they weren't going to want to work with me if I didn't have, like, the idea, you know, capital T, capital I. But we talked through it, and I 
be like, we had a meeting, and I was like, what if it was just a book of really good recipes? And they're like, that's great. Do you, I was like, great. Do you remember, did, do, do you remember anything from that lunch, do you think she told you, like thought starters or advice that you actually carried through to the book? I honestly think I was too nervous to remember any like <laughs> strong nuggets, and I'm sure like the actual wisdom came in the meetings following that and, and in the editing process. Um, I remember thinking like, wow, that's so cool, I'll write a cookbook one day. Like, it just didn't feel real, it didn't feel like a thing that I was actually gonna do. Um, and I had so much stress surrounding like, what was it gonna be? that I didn't, I, I feel like I wish I'd enjoyed that process more. And yeah, I, I think that this time I feel just a little bit more settled and confident and more secure in who I am and my food and feel like less about like what it needs to be about. Any other questions? Was yeah. there any event in your life that led you to this style of cooking? Um, hmm. I don't think it was a specific event, no, but I, I do think it kind of ties back into our other conversation about working in restaurants and working in test kitchens and having that perspective of like what people are gonna cook and what people really wanna cook and how to how to do it well and proper and then how are people actually gonna do it and then finding that like center of that Venn diagram. And even when I was at BA, it was like the recipes that I think were very successful for me there were oftentimes the simplest. and like the apple galette and the raspberry ricotta cake and that's Slow like made in one bowl. Slow roasted salmon, yeah. And you know, those types of things, like you realize those are what are resonating and, and they seem but, like, I'm yeah. sure whatever asshole told you that they didn't mean to tell them how to roast a pork <laughs> chop is like, that raspberry ricotta cake is stupid, but you know what, people like it. So. I did not agree with said asshole, I'm just repeating what he <laughs> I said. I shouldn't say that word, that was bad, I'm sorry. How do you, oh, that's a good question. How do you keep track of your recipe ideas? It is a very technical system based on um, scraps of paper in my purse, um, sometimes the back of an envelope of a bill that I didn't pay, or like a notebook that I'll probably lose. Um, have you heard of the iPhone? I have. I, I have. And I do keep track there too. So for like book stuff, I have a folder on my phone that I use. Google Docs, huge fan because chances are my phone or computer are dying and if one is dead, I can access that document from the other. Um, I love the cloud, I love it so much. Um, so yeah, that's, that's generally how I keep track. I wish that I, I had this you know, fantasy that I'm gonna keep notebooks of everything I've ever cooked and write them down and as I, and then in like 20 years, I'll have this rich collection of, that will never happen for me. Um, I am not that organized. Um, Allison Roman, thank Adam you for joining us. When's the, when's the next book out? Uh, fall 2019, God willing. Yeah! yeah. yeah. Woo. Woo. Thanks, guys. Thank you. The Bon Appetit Foodcast is produced by Carrie Polis and Christina Che and produced and edited by Emma Wurtzman. Our theme music is by Nathaniel Wurtzman. We have new episodes every Wednesday, and if you want to tell us about this or any other episode, email us at bonappetitfoodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.